Hello, hello, everyone. This is Chris Calvert from Career Goals, and I'm going to be taking you through a fast track for nonprofit work. Today, we are speaking with Camber Parker, who is the Associate Director at the Parkinson Society in Greenville, South Carolina. But how she got here is a little bit different. Camber's story is interesting because of how she transitioned from college to corporate work into nonprofit. So what was she doing out of college? I look at what I was doing my first year out of college, which was working in the corporate insurance industry. And I was sitting at a, in a cubicle for eight to 10 hours every day. And looking back at it, I have no idea how I even made it a whole year because that is so not me. What I love about that quote is so not me. So that is something that I think so many of us can identify with anything, you know, the shirt you're wearing or the food you're eating or the, you know, in-laws that you have. It doesn't matter. Like, this is just not me. So there's some aspects of that to look at in your first job. So she continues on in this corporate vein. Let's hear more about that. I never would have thought that I would have left the corporate world to come back to a nonprofit because junior, senior year of college, I thought that that was the end all be all. I thought I was going to climb the corporate ladder. Right. And I'm not ashamed to say that because I think a lot of us feel that way. And I quickly learned that it was just not a good culture fit for me. So what was she actually doing? If that's not a good cultural fit, what was she actually doing there in her first job out of college? I was handling long-term disability claims. Um, You know, as I mentioned earlier, sitting in a cubicle for eight plus hours a day. Um, Were you on the phone with people? Is that what you were doing? Managing the the actual members? Yes, I was actually managing uh, claims and clients, Mm -hmm. and that was, uh, I was the person saying yes or no to people getting disability disability insurance, so that was very emotionally taxing, but ultimately, I I chose the job because of the leadership potential. So what happens when you're in a job that you chose, you think, for the right reason, quote-unquote, and then you realize that maybe it's not a good fit for you? How do you know? My confidence was gone. That is one of my biggest strengths, I think. And I I would say a lot of my friends would probably say that about me. And I just didn't even recognize myself anymore. I was avoiding calling my good friends. And that was when I knew because no job should make you change. No job should make you, unless it's for the better, but Mm -hmm. no job should make you like just really change the core of who you are. I love what she says there too, because we talk about that a lot on this podcast about being true to yourself and knowing who you are and that you are the only you that will ever be. And so being true to that, it's not a bad job. The job that she had is not inherently bad. She is not the person for that job. So there's a different job for her. So when she says that, it's just really important to always be considering that and to to know and listen to your to yourself, which I think was really key here in her story. So what about leaving? It's got to be a, a big decision. How does she handle that? I can't say it enough how important it is to leave when you don't think you're in the right place. Like it might, it might be embarrassing. It might be really hard. I'm really private. And so I did not want to tell anyone about this, yeah. about leaving. And I am so glad that I did because making that jump got me here and you know, then we wouldn't be having this call right now. So it's just, it's really cool to think back on that. But I'm really fortunate that it happened when I was 22 and not when I was, you know, 42. 
So true. Absolutely. And that is a, a really key point that she talks about, too. I think what's what's evident in there also is just listening to your body and listening to the feedback that you're getting from your soul, really, that's telling you this isn't working. This isn't good for us. This is not what we need. And you can take that however you do in your corporate life or in your nonprofit work or whatever it is. Different things fit people differently. So what is the biggest takeaway that she had from this corporate life experience? This might surprise you, actually. If you had to put everything that we've already talked about and just everything in a nutshell, like what is my biggest takeaway from the last couple of years? It is being self-aware. Yeah. Hands down, self-awareness is key. When I actually went to my training orientation for the leadership program that I was in at the insurance company, we all had to take Strengths Finder. So if you're familiar with that, you know, yep. give me your top five skills. I love personality tests. I'm such a nerd about it. Oh, me too. Um, of course you do. <laughs> you're a connector. Of I, course you do. I, I um, <laughs> but I, so we all had to take this quiz and they told us when we all got in the room, they said every single one of you, even though self-awareness is not one of the five strengths, um, we all had very similar strengths. You know, you could tell that, that we were, that we were all in the room for a reason, but they asked us, why do you think you're here? And, and we all were making connections to the strengths finder tests, you know, like, Oh, well, we all have, you know, a, you know, uh, leadership or we all have communication or, you know, something like that. And they said, no, it's because you all tested extremely high in self-awareness. I love so much about that. And just to remember, as we're on this fast track, what she said there is one of the things that she gets that as a takeaway in self-awareness, but she got that because she's in a corporate job where they have these sophisticated testing that they do for people when they're recruiting people. So there's a lot of just good that comes out of your journey in life and your career search and your positions that you take. And there's so much of life again. And this is really evident in her story. In the contrast, what you don't like shows you really where what you do like and where you what you where you don't need to be shows you where you could be or might be better suited. And as Camber transitioned from corporate life to the nonprofit sector, you might think that there's this big pay cut that she has to take or there's all these financial considerations because keep in mind, the whole goal, like she's saying, is junior and senior year. She wants to go into corporate life, climb the corporate ladder, which has certain financial gains to it. But in fact, she didn't have to take an extremely large pay cut. And I want to point that out for all of you thinking about nonprofit work or, you know, versus private sector work. It's not necessarily that you're going to have to take a large pay cut. And even if you do, you might only have to do that in the early part of your career, because these salaries do continue to line up as you get more and more skilled or go to bigger corporations or bigger agencies. So, you know, leaving corporate life, it's a big deal, but what can you really gain from it? And what do you do when you are thinking like, I'm leaving that job, I need to go to moving on to the to the next job? How do you incorporate all that knowing into your next life? I found out really early on that it was just not for me. And I am very prideful. I did not want to leave the company. I felt like that I would be quitting, like, you know, internally yes. quitting. Yes. And I am so glad that I did that because I would not be where I am today. Yeah. So that is a really important piece 
really important because what does she do with that? So here she is in a situation that she knows from the beginning really is like, that. I don't know how this is going to work. I'm in a cubicle. I'm just going to give a little sideline note here too, to think about always the environment that you're doing these jobs in uh, cubicle work. I've been in plenty of cubes. I, I, I've had cubes that were amazing that I did great at and I had other cubes that I didn't do great at, right? So it's just, it's you don't just to say like, oh, well, that, that's a cube. I can't be at a cube. But in this situation, I think what, for whatever reason, being in a cubicle in that way didn't serve her. But what's really cool about this, I think I'm going to sideline in here her blog, because what do you do with that? And when you're in a situation that you're like, oh, this just doesn't fit, then she goes and looks for these resources. Like, how can I find like, what do I do? And I'm, you know, searching the internet, trying to find ways to deal with my life. And what what are other people going through is someone like me, which is a lot of what we do on this podcast, find yourself in these conversations. So then she sets out to solve this problem herself. I started this blog, the Yopro Know, because of my first year out of school in a position that really was just not the best fit for me. And so I thought to myself, all right, well, while I'm not talking to my friends because I'm too prideful, maybe there are resources out there where I can look at what other young professionals are doing. And so that was really where the whole journey started. And I found that there are certainly a lot of stories about people's careers. Um, there are tons of blogs that are for young professionals that are like, you know, how to dress as a young professional, what to wear to an interview, et cetera, et cetera. But there really wasn't a one place, like a hub for all young professionals. And so that's what I really aim for this blog to become. This is so cool. This is just so amazing. I just want to sit on this for one second because this is, I know we're on the fast track. We're moving through this very quickly, but she starts this blog called Yo Pro No Young Professionals in the Know, basically. So yopronow.com and on Instagram, it's the Yo Pro No. I'll give you this again at the end. I don't want you to forget it. But this comes about because she is solving a problem, one, and two, she is serving others. So you think by serving others, oh, you're just giving, giving. No, you're serving yourself also. So this is so key. And then to take the initiative in this almost like this just really difficult space in your life to take the initiative to serve others, to serve yourself, to get this whole thing moving along. It's amazing. This blog is incredible. It's encouraging, inspiring, interesting, fun. Uh, there's just a lot of cool stuff there. I find it really super interesting in looking just at what what people are doing in young professional life. Like what? How does it work? And it's whether they're working for uh, other companies or whether they're working for um, you know on their own. They're entrepreneurs. They own restaurants. They you know work in fashion. They work in human resources and nonprofit. Uh, it's just very very cool. And so this continues on. But that work doesn't do itself. So what does it take to do a sideline project like? This? this to kind of add to your skills and your experience. I'm excited to see where the blog will go because I, like I said before, I have a lot of ideas. Um, but again, this is not my full-time job. So I, I spend a lot of time on the weekends and in the evenings working on this. Um, I'm lucky that, you know, my job is, is flexible enough that if I can meet somebody for coffee at 7:30 in the morning, I can do that. So hint, hint in there nights, weekends, um, before before work, after work, you know, between 
lunches, whatever, whatever she can do to get this this blog done, which is a sideline project. That's how she does it. So that is for someone with initiative, someone who can really have the discipline to continue working on when there's, you know, no one's paying you to do this. No one's, you know, making sure that you're doing it. No one's necessarily even helping her doing this. You know, she's doing it on her own. And then think about that. So now what can you say when you go to your your next interview or when you're positioning yourself for your next raise or when you're talking to people that you would like to donate to your nonprofit, you say, this is what I, this is how I see myself in the world as a connector and as building. And this is how I would see that in our organization and going on from there. So there's all these other skills that you will develop if you can follow, find and follow your natural tendencies, which brings us to what is she doing now? So what does Camber really do on a day-to-day basis working for a nonprofit? This is a job that I'm so passionate about. And I get to combine something I'm passionate about with connecting with people. My job every single day is meeting with different people, trying to figure out how we can partner, how we can make the lives of our members better while they're fighting this disease. Right. And that's a big picture. I think that's really cool. And you can kind of see from even doing this blog that that is something that develops realizing, wow, I'm a connector and I can be a connector on a lot of different levels in a lot of different ways, whether that's working in my career life or that's working in my ancillary career life or something else that I would like to add to my skills. So that's what she really does. You know, she connects, she builds all that. But what does her business card say? So I currently serve as the Associate Director for the Greenville Area Parkinson Society. We are a 100% locally founded and funded organization. And so my role really does consist of wearing several different hats. We have a team of three, and we currently serve a little over 1,200 people in the upstate of South Carolina, so around 10 to 12 counties um, with people who are dealing with Parkinson's disease, not only the patients, but their families that are affected by it. And so why Parkinson's? How does this come about? And this is a key to think about what you do as a student and how you make your choices for the work and the skills that you get while you're a student in college or otherwise. I have a personal connection to Parkinson's disease. My uncle had Parkinson's and that's why I got involved so many years ago as a student. And what does she love about working in a nonprofit setting? She mentioned there's a team of three. So you imagine that she, when she says she works a lot, has a lot of hats, she has probably every hat there, minus, you know, a couple that the other people have, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of your, your work is really tied to what happens. So listen to her about that. I've experienced what I've experienced in the nonprofit sector. Um, there's just so much, so much good that happens and it's so tangible. Right. You get to see what your work does. So she goes out and she does a program. She does a, even a support program or a, you know, a leadership program or a patient program. And you can see directly the benefits that that would have for people either suffering from Parkinson's or people you know, who are supporting someone with Parkinson's and in, even in the community. And then you can go off and see 
okay, I did this big, uh, this big campaign or this fundraising campaign, and we did this big event associated with it, and we raised X amount of dollars. That's very tangible. And I think that's really cool, actually, to have that flow through in your work life, especially if you're a connector, and if you're that person who likes to see things through like this. So what about an internship? She was able to have this job that she has now, really because she interned with them when she was in college and got a lot of good hands-on experience. So what about choosing an internship. Think about that as we're listening to her talk about what she was able to do with this experience. I had a pretty unusual internship. I was the first intern we had ever had because our organization started in 2012. Um, so we were very young at the time that I, I joined in. But because we were so young, they asked me to serve on the board as a senior in college. And I was actually asked to plan our annual fundraiser and we raised over $55,000 that year. And that was my senior year. And that is not a normal internship. No, I would say not. That's probably not a normal internship, but it could be actually. And we've talked about this on this podcast before. There are smaller businesses, there are smaller organizations, not for profit organizations, but even, you know, for profit businesses that are small businesses that would definitely a thousand percent be able to cooperate with you to figure out how to do an internship with them. You might just have to do a little more legwork in terms of allowing for that to be accredited internship, et cetera. But there's a lot of experience to be gained out there in these internships. And this is definitely uh, how it worked for her. So if you're thinking about nonprofit, I think a lot of people could do really well in this nonprofit world. We've talked before about NGOs and you know different organizations that you can get involved with. But what does it really take personally? Who do you have to be to work in this nonprofit setting? So I think hands down, you have to be self-motivated and you have to be comfortable managing your time well, because especially for such a small nonprofit, we, we run our schedules. We create our schedules every day. We, you know, I, I work from home. Sometimes I work from our office. I work from coffee shops. Not everyone can do that because you have to have just a lot of discipline. And so I think hands down, you need to be disciplined. You need to be comfortable wearing a lot of hats. So you need to be versatile. You need to be okay with doing things that are not on your job description. I do all of the operations and logistics for all of our programs. So, you know, I do that. I do development. I manage all of our volunteers. I manage the QuickBooks. Like, so I do all the finance side of things. We do have a treasurer. So he does help reconcile everything. That's not my background, but you can see how many things I do. And so sometimes it is hard to compartmentalize everything in my head, but I stay on top of it because I'm really organized. Right. When she said that, I was like, of course you are. Like, it's so evident in speaking with Camber that she is organized. She's super disciplined. She is the person who's going to get it done. She's not going to forget, you know, something. She's not going to show up at the wrong time, you know. So this is just really important to think about who you are. And she talks about it in the vein of nonprofit, which I think is, I'm, I'm sure that's true. But I really think about it even expanding that in the vein of a smaller business or smaller organization where you do have these opportunities to wear many hats, that being versatile, as she calls it, or flexible, disciplined, and organized. Key. You, those, they, those elements have to be there. And for you to really enjoy it and for the, uh, for the company to get value you know, from your work and have it really be uh, 
good situation for everybody. Camber also talked about what was helpful in terms of people wanting to get into this nonprofit sector. I think what she was talking about is really good ways to get started would be to volunteer and then just to research what's available. You could volunteer in any number of ways. You know, obviously, she started out as an intern, which you could do. That's kind of a, I think, a bigger step into volunteering. But you could also volunteer on some of the events that they have. They'll have programs, any any number, you know, whether it's Parkinson Society or another nonprofit organization, they will have events that they're giving, programs that they're holding that you could be a part of in a small way. And so she talks about, you know, getting involved in, you know, the admin level ideas, either helping with event coordination or a letter campaign. And there's just a lot of a lot of little pieces to these campaigns and to these events where they just need help. And then they might just need boots on the ground at the actual event. So if you have an organization that you're fond of, or even something like, you know, the Salvation Army or these bigger organizations, just, you know, give them a call. Say, hey, you know, I would love to volunteer and and be helpful. And these are my skills, or this is what I know how to do, or this is where I think I could help you, or this is what I love to do, anything. And you can kind of see, and even if this organization is like, oh, you know what, we have it covered, but call these people. And this is the key about Camber's story. Call these people. Oh, we might not be able to help you, but what about this? And the initiative that you develop by making these calls and getting out and volunteering, you'll meet the you'll meet some another volunteer there who's going to say, oh, guess what? Well, I'm also working at this other organization doing this food bank work, which is really satisfying and fulfilling. And you know, maybe you can show up with me on Saturday, and I'll you know get you into the food bank sector. You just never know. So the key is to get in and. You know, thinking about these little steps that you can take. A nonprofit world is a great, great opportunity to volunteer and start seeing what you're good at and what works for you, however you're going to take that experience. If you're going to stay in nonprofit or if you want to use that then and go into the corporate world. So when Camber went off to college and she chose her specific college, which was um, Furman, she chose it for specific reasons because of the size she thought she'd be able to get more opportunities there, which I thought was, this was kind of a cool thing. Please go back and listen to the full interview on her take on choosing college and how she ended up actually choosing Furman. But she started studying in journalism. So what did that look like? I got to college and I did an internship. Um, at a local publication company. But I realized that it was not a field that I actually was interested in at all. Um, but that summer that I had the internship at the publication company, I was actually introduced to the concept of networking. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I was, I was a sophomore in college, so I was you know 19 years old. So what's cool about this, I think, is... So she says... So she had you know always had this dream to, you know, be in journalism. And so she goes off, of course, you go to college, you study journalism, and then you get your internship and you start working in this case in publication company. She was working on the marketing side. And then she decides, she sees like, I really don't like this at all. But what about this networking thing? So what's cool about that is, again, the contrast check. I don't like this. Take something off the list. We don't have to think about that anymore. Even even if you've been thinking thinking that you wanted to do this since you were nine or 10, that's awesome. But 
think about there might be something bigger there that you wanted to do. Like it might not be what you saw on TV because the practical, as we all know, is not what you see on TV or what, you know, what you just think it is, what you dream it might be. And then she's able to say, okay, you know what? Not that, but this, which is really key. Not just to say like, oh, I hate this, you know, I hate this, blah, 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 you know, and be a real downer about it. Be like, hey, you know what? I'm not really loving this, but this little piece is amazing. And that's what she did. So she takes that on to the to the next level and listen to her talk about networking. We sat down for coffee and I don't know why I felt the need to, but I reached out to her the next week. And from there, she sent me to 10 new contacts. She was like, reach out to them. Here's what they do. Just ask them about their stories and their path. And so I set out that entire summer to do that. Um, And I think that's where my love of networking and connecting with others really came from. Listen very carefully. So I set out that entire summer. She just throws it in there like it's like normal. But I set out that entire summer to connect with these people. This is another, you know, she's connected to this other firm and grad through another series of things that she was doing for work. And then she said, okay, connect with these other people. So then she does initiative again, initiative. So think about are you this person? Because if you're this person, Camber is a person who's going to be successful doing any number of things that she would choose. You know, she could say, like, I want to be an engineer. Okay, no problem. I'm going to be an engineer. I want to be, you know, a rocket scientist. Fantastic. You're a rocket scientist. I want to be a rocket. You know, great. She'll be a rocket because she's one of these people, right? Who's just like disciplined and all that. But she's not special in that way. So I, I don't want you to think like, oh, that's only for Camber because she's amazing. That's for Camber because she puts pedal to the metal and realizes, like she said, gets self-aware, figures out who she is, figures out what she loves, figures out how she can do that in a way that's fulfilling to her and she can get paid for, then figures out, oh, hey, you know what? I can do this own my own side project and start this blog and do this other whole thing to serve others and serve my community of young professionals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just people who have initiative and get things done and do things for other people will be successful, period, the end of story. So what's her ultimate goal and where does she kind of see her career goals going? And that is my ultimate goal is to be a connector. I think my peers think of me like that, but I would love to become that for a lot of different people and different demographics. Right. So that was awesome because listen how she says in there. So she doesn't say, I want to be the executive director of the Parkinson's Society within three years and I want it to look like this and I want it to look like that. I want to be blah, blah, blah in three months or no. This is a big picture approach. I love this. I want to be a connector and I want to, you know, do that in a of the big ways. Now she could definitely do that as the executive director of the Parkinson Society. If her boss decides to move on, she could certainly do that, but she can also do it in any number of ways. And if that's how you're framing your work, then every day is meaningful because guess what? Every day you have the opportunity to connect in some small way, some big way, some medium sized way every day that you're you are then successful. If you've framed yourself as a connector rather than I'm trying to get to this executive director level. And if I'm not there, I can't make it. Nope. Every day you're connecting every day you're successful, which is awesome about what she said. So keep in mind, the big goal for her is being a connector, which is why she has this amazing blog, which definitely you can check out. I, I think it's amazing. Follow her on Instagram. So that is the Yo Pro No, which is, you know, the T-H-E-Y-O-P-R-O 
K-N-O-W. That's her Instagram. And her website is yopronow.com for Y-O-P-R-O-K-N-O-W.com for the Yopro So there you have it, your fast track for a career in nonprofit with Camber Parker, the Associate Director of the Parkinson Society in Greenville, South Carolina. This is Chris Calvert, and you have been listening to Career Goals. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye.